0: Our scripture reading today is going to come from the book of Revelation. That's always fun words to say. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Revelation 1, 4 through 8, where John the Revelator writes these words. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you. And peace from him who is, and who was, and who who is to come. And to the seven spirits who are before the throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us, and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made with us to be a kingdom, priest, serving his God, our Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him. And even those who pierced him, on, on his, and on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and is to come. The Almighty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, with COVID, everything that went on with COVID, there's a lot of things we all missed. A lot, a lot of things that we like to do or enjoy doing that we just weren't able to do because of COVID. There are, there, there are, I'm an old grumpy loser, so there's not a lot of fun things that I do in life. But there, there were three things that I was not able to do during COVID like I like that I, I really, really missed not getting to do them. I really missed it. Like, obviously, I love the church, the church the church activities that we get to do. So I really missed last year gathering together as we can in worship I miss that but then I miss not getting to do the things like Christ's cupboard like we got to do yesterday those of you who helped serve at Christ's cupboard yesterday and got to deliver and visit man what a joy it was what a joy it was to get to to go out across all this area and and to take food but more importantly as great as the food was what to get to visit to get to go into people's houses and visit and, and and laugh together and pray together, gosh, what what a joy that was! And and I missed that. I missed. I'm an extrovert. I got to be around people. Like I I can't do the by myself thing well. I go crazy. I need I need people. So I missed not being with my people a lot in the last year. That that was hard for me. I missed. I'm going go to movies. I, that, that's, kind of my, that's kind of my hobby is me and the kids, we like to go to movies. You know, y'all know I love the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff. You know, I'm ready to go watch Spider-Man in a few weeks. I, I had not bought my tickets yet, but I will as soon as I can. You know, I, I'm one of those weirdos when the, th- when the trailers come out, I'm watching the YouTube clips to break down all the Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. So, man, it was so exciting to get to go with the, to the movies for the first time after COVID. Loved it. Missed missed it so much. I I go every opportunity I get now. And the other thing that I really missed um, was live music. Man, I love a concert. Oh, goodness. I I, I love going to a concert. You know, my kids got to continue doing band stuff, which was good. But I I love getting to go to to concerts. I've been to a few. There's a few more that I want to go to. Um, You know, it's such a a joy to get to see live music again. You know, and a, a few weeks back, me and some friends went to a concert at Duelling Hall uh, to watch a country singer, and um, and uh, he he was a great musician, great musician. Uh, but he's a really really clever and really good songwriter. Like his lyrics are really clever. Um, you know, he he wrote maybe the most perfectly titled country song I've ever heard of in my entire life. It was entitled "Jesus and Elvis." I mean, if that doesn't sum up country music, I, I don't know what does. Jesus and Elvis. So and it, was, it was a, a really clever and, and really funny song. But it, when you find out the backstory behind it, it became a very poignant song. Because it was written from the, from the, it was a true story. Uh, it was written from a mother's perspective. She had a son who went off to Vietnam right during the Christmas season. And so he left and the Christmas lights were up. And of course, he was killed in battle. And so she could not bear the rest of her life to take down his favorite things. So for the rest of her life, she kept up the Christmas lights because her son loved Christmas. And he he had two velvet paintings of Jesus and of Elvis that were up in the room. And she always kept up those paintings because he loved Jesus and he loved Elvis and the song has a lot of clever little interplay within it like you know at one point she says uh, Lola told him that Jesus loved a sinner and daddy said that music saved a soul you know and there's this great little line at the end which says you know so raise a raise a toast to the king of kings and the king of rock and roll You know. I, it's just a really poignant and really beautiful and, and clever song. And so I loved It's a song I wasn't familiar with until I heard it live. And then once I, it, that song really messed up my Spotify algorithm because it's one of those songs that's always on, that I'm always looping back and hearing. And so um, it's just a really cool song. But the, the King of Kings and the King of Rock and Roll. Today is a Sunday in the life of a church. Uh, you know, I had a great time in confirmation this morning talk with our confirmants about the church calendar and the church year and how things work. And, you know, next Sunday is going to be the first Sunday of Advent. So you're going to come in here next Sunday and you're going to see the Christmas tree and you're going to see purple everywhere. You're going to you're going to see all the stuff in the church getting ready for Christmas. Because starting next week, we have four Sundays where we're going to get ready for Christmas next month. So we're getting, starting next Sunday, we're getting ready, Advent, first Sunday of the church year. Well, if next Sunday is New Year's Day, that makes today New Year's Eve. Today is the last Sunday of this church year. And on the last Sunday of the church year, we have a Sunday that we celebrate called Christ the King. We focus on and I love An's work, the songs we did this morning, because it calls us back, calls us back to Jesus, calls us back to Jesus and so today today is a Sunday called "Christ the King." Where we talk about the kingship of Jesus. We talk about the lordship of Jesus. We talk about exactly who Jesus is. And we see it. We see it displayed so beautifully in Revelation this morning. We see Revelation paint a picture of who it is. We see in Revelation this picture of Jesus Christ, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is king for all of the world. And see, there's something Within our salvation, we need to think about sometimes because, y'all, one of the most beautiful things about our faith is the intimate nature of it. I'm teaching a a class on Wednesday Night Live about the Bible and how we got the Bible and how the Bible was put together and what the Bible means and things like that. And, And I was talking to my class this past week about what a precious gift the Bible is. Because I love what John Wesley said. John Wesley says that Scripture is twice blessed. It was blessed when it was written, and it's blessed when it's read. And think about this, y'all. Think about this for a second. The same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that guided the hand of Matthew, guided the hand of Of Paul, guided the hand of Moses. The same Holy Spirit that guided the hand and inspired the writing of sacred scripture is the same Holy Spirit that will speak to us through it. Y'all, that's awesome. Like, seriously. The same Holy Spirit that was present in the inspiration of Holy Scripture is the same Holy Spirit that will commune and speak to us every time we open God's Word, y'all. Wow, what an amazing and awesome gift Scripture is to us. How God will intimately and personally reach out to me and to you to speak to us in those moments. Wow! And we spend time scrolling Facebook that are reading the Bible. Y'all, how awesome is that gift God's given us. But as much as that's a beautiful thing about Scripture, we don't, we don't, we need to understand that God's power and the kingship of Jesus is more than just. Me and Jesus. It's more than just my intimate, individual relationship with Jesus, but it's bigger than that. We see today that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Not just of my life, not just of your life, but of all the world. Because when you read the Bible, you know what you see? That everything that happened is cosmic in nature. Let's go back to the fall. Let's go back to Genesis three. In Genesis three, when Adam and Eve failed, do you remember they failed? They ate the tree they should not eat from. They failed. Scripture says this: God cursed Adam and cursed Eve, and we know that they became sin—that they were sinful—and that sin has been passed on to me and you. And so that we are sinful, we are in need of redemption. We're corrupted. We're—you know—we need Jesus. We know that. That's, we all know that. We all need Jesus. We know that individuals have the effect of the fall upon them. But if you read Genesis 3, you'll also see this. Scripture says that God said, Cursed is the ground because of you. And we see that Adam and Eve's sin in the garden didn't just affect me and you as humans, didn't just affect humanity, but it affected all the world. It affected all of creation. It affected everything. When you read Romans 8, you see in Romans 8 it says that all of creation groans as if in pains of childbirth, groaning for its eventual redemption. For creation was subjected to futility, not by its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected. And now it groans inwardly for its redemption. In other words, when Adam and Eve fell, they didn't just fall themselves and affect me and you, but they affected everything and everything is disordered and everything is imperfect. So the stuff we deal with now in the world, it wasn't God's. Do you think God really desired COVID to ravage the world? Of course not. Do you think God's perfect design, plan and perfect design was there to be cancer in the world? Of course not. Look at the garden. It was perfect. Look what's going to happen in Revelation 21. It's perfect. But when Eve fell, they took all of creation with them. So now we deal with the consequences of sin, not just in my life and in your life, but in all the world. The fall wasn't just individual, the fall was cosmic. And by the same way, so was the cross. And so was the resurrection. Because when Christ died and atoned for our sins, and when Christ rose from the dead and defeated the power of death, he triumphed not just over my individual sin or your individual sin, but he triumphed over the work of the devil. The Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So when Christ triumphed, when Christ rose, when Christ was resurrected, when death was defeated... It restored me and you, but it also began the work of restoring creation. It also began to undo what sin has caused. And one day, one day, when the Lord returns, he'll make all things new, and then all things will be as it should be. We're in this process now of waiting for his return when all things are made new and all things are restored and sin is no more. It's cosmic. It's bigger than just me and you. But, y'all, here's the deal. What happens then is sometimes we then live looking to the future of his redemption, and we think this well, one day, maybe, perhaps in the future, possibly, maybe, it's potentially possible that Jesus one day, maybe, will be king. One day in the far distant future, perhaps Jesus Christ might be king. No, that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible does not teach us that one day Jesus might be king. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is king today. We do not live in the hopes that one day Jesus may be king. We live in the reality that Jesus Christ is king now. His kingship, his lordship, his power, his rule, his reign. It's not a one-day-maybe thing. It is a today-this-moment thing. We need to live with the reality that Jesus is king now. Not hoping that he'll be king one day. But y'all, there's a lot of things in our life that pull at our allegiance, aren't there? There's a lot of things in life that pull at our allegiance. Culture, politics, the news, the economy, our job. All these things, y'all. All all these things. They desire our allegiance. They desire for us to make them king. They desire to be on the throne of our hearts. And y'all... If there's anything other than Jesus or anyone other than Jesus on the throne of our hearts, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work. Even good stuff, y'all. Even good stuff. As much as I love my kids, they can't be king of my life. Jesus must be. As much as I love my wife, she can't be the queen of my life. Jesus must be king. As much as I love my church, you cannot be king of my life. Jesus must be. Jesus must take first place in all things of my life if life is to be ordered the way that He wants it to be ordered. But y'all, there's so many voices. There's so many things. And there's so many pressures. There's so much in our life that whispers to us that demands our allegiance that calls to us and tells us to place our trust in that first. When y'all, it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus demands our true allegiance. So y'all, what would it look like? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly king of our schedule? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly king of our calendar? What would it look like? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly king of our finances? What would it look like if Jesus Christ were truly king of our families? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly king of our media consumption? What would it look like? To not just say in church that Jesus Christ is king, but to actually live tomorrow morning with Jesus Christ being king of our hearts and king of our lives. What would our lives look like at that point? What would it look like? Because the thing with this, y'all, the stuff vying for our attention and for our hearts, they aren't always bad. Mommy used to always say this, though. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You know, sometimes, sometimes we're so busy doing the stuff that we feel like is so important that we don't actually leave room in our life for Jesus to be king. See, to make Jesus king of our life doesn't mean we gotta crawl in a hole and only come out on Sunday mornings for church. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. But what would it look like tomorrow morning If you went into your job with Jesus being King of your heart, what would your relationship with your boss be like? What would your relationship with your coworkers be like? What would your relationship with those that were underneath you? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly King, how that affects every relationship you're in? what would it look like for your marriage if Jesus Christ was truly King of your life? What would it look like for your parenting? What would it look like for your relationship with your parents? What would it look like for how we use our resources? What do it look like for how we read the Bible? What would it look like if Jesus Christ was truly King of kings and Lord of lords in our life? Y'all, there's, there's great work. There's great work for the church to do in the world we find ourselves in. Man, y'all, the world is aching and dying for the church to be the church. The world is aching and dying for people to love unconditionally and point to Jesus. I read a great tweet yesterday where it said the early church had no evangelism strategy. Their evangelism strategy was this they radically loved each other and radically loved their neighbor and they radically loved their enemies. And that changed the world. Y'all. We live with such fear and anxiety and worry about so much. When here's the deal I read the back of the book, I know who wins. And y'all, I got a problem. I have a very serious problem in my life. I believe this stuff. I do, I believe this stuff. So I'm not afraid. And I'm not worried. And I'm not mad at anybody, and I want to try to love everybody. Because I believe this stuff, y'all. I believe in a resurrected Lord. I believe in a returning Lord. And I believe in a Savior who died for my sins and the sins of the world. And I believe in a God who loves me and also loves the folks that I don't very much like. Because that's what this book teaches us. What would it look like if we truly lived not in the hope that Jesus Christ is Lord, but if we were to live in the reality that he is Lord right now in this moment, how would it change our lives? And then through the grace of God, how could the Holy Spirit working within us, how could we change the world? He is King of kings, y'all, and Lord of lords. And he has a plan for me, a plan for you, A plan for our church and a plan for the entire world. What would our lives look like, y'all? What would our lives look like if we truly and honestly, with passion and joy, lived out the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Through His grace, may it be so. Let's pray.